This is Talking Events, a podcast series interviewing leaders in the business-to-business events industry. Event insights, career help, and discussing the changing face of events. Hi, I'm Charlie Phillips. I work at Caston Clark and head up the media desk. I specialize in conference production, operations, and delegate sales. Today on Event Talks, I'm actually going to be catching up with an old candidate of mine, Carl Smith. Um, I placed Carl, I believe, in his second ever production role quite a long time ago now. Carl went on to have a really successful career as a conference producer, transitioning from a production role into an editorial role and from his editorial role into a communications role at the 100,000 Genomes Project. Today, Carl's actually going to be talking to me about life beyond conference production and how to leverage your experience in production into a new role out of the industry based on his own experiences. Thank you so much for coming and speak with me, Carl. No worries. Always a pleasure. Of course. So Carl is a candidate of mine from many, many moons ago, and he's coming in today to talk to us about life beyond conference production, how to leverage your experience in a new role, the complete 101. Um, so Carl, talk to me about your experience in production and your background and career journey. Yeah, I mean, many, many moons ago makes it sound like, like it was decades ago, which, which it definitely wasn't. So I think to start from the beginning, it's probably worth saying, kind of, I guess, how, how we got in touch in the first place. So I, I got into conference production straight out of, out of university. Um, so I'd done a postgraduate degree there and kind of realized that I didn't want to stay in academia and wanted to do something else. Mm-hmm. So for me, actually going into production was a nice way to stay in touch with the field that I was working in um, through, through research, but actually really work on um i guess at a more broader level so that was that was a good fit for me i really tied in with some of the stuff that i've been doing anyway around kind of setting up seminars and various events and that kind of stuff so i think the first thing that surprised me was that actually conference production was a job i had no idea i think if i'd known that earlier i probably would have found a job much quicker and i think what really struck me was the pace at which conference production happens i think is as a first job it's just about the perfect thing you could you could ask for but with that i think you need to understand that there are good producers and there are bad producers and both will will make their own way through through that line of work um Mm -hmm. i think i'm unpacking that We'll, we'll probably get into that a little bit later so for me kind of really what happened was i realized that production while interesting probably wasn't for me and i reckon that if anyone's listened to this they'll probably have some of the same uh, issues with it as, as right. a job that that i did i think the best way to put it is actually i was sat in a meeting i think it was actually a training course at informa and the guy next to me was a producer and he just jumped into um, publishing and he said i really like production but the big problem is that you spend all this time researching and putting together the perfect agenda and conceptually in your head you've got this amazing event but because you're so at the mercy of who can do what for you that what you end up delivering is never actually what you want to deliver so for right. him he he just he hated that and that's something that really resonated with me because i had the exact same experience you spend ages on research calls putting together just the world's best agenda and 
for acquisition and it's just this treadmill of rejections, 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 or yes, maybe, maybe, I don't know, then rejection. And then finally you see what you've cobbled together and then great, you've got, you've got your agenda at that point. So I was, I was lucky that I guess my, my first boss, my first job who brought me into the wonderful world of, of commercial conferences He'd kept in touch with me and knew that my ambition really was to kind of move away from production and, and in all honesty, get a bit more closer to um, to the marketing side. Right. Uh, he'd started up this a niche, I guess, media company, um, again, looking at events and other things around that. So he got in touch and said, hey, I know you're looking to get out of production. This is a bit of a sideways step but I think you'd be really good for it. And he kind of pitched the idea of a managing editor role that would, would support kind of the overall business objectives of, of what the company was trying to do. Mm-hmm. So that sounded good and interesting. Um, so he invited me to interview for that, which I did, which is fun. And then really from there, that's where I think my, my career really, really kicked on. Um, because actually being involved in a company at its very early stages gives you a great chance to really stamp your ideas on it and gives you really that um, ambition to work really hard to make sure that, that it works. So again, this is all around kind of the, the topic area that, that I was used to from, from my academic days. Um, mm. And then ultimately that ended up with me building a good enough reputation and network within, within that field that I made the jump into it to, to where I am now at, at genomics England. Mm. So I think it's, um, it's been an interesting journey and it's there has certainly been some jobs that I've enjoyed more than others. I think that's the nature of, of working in conferences is that actually the, I think the skill set is, is consistent wherever you go, but the environment in which you work is, is really, really different. So if you hate conference production, it might be that actually you quite enjoy it, but you hate it where you're doing it. Which I think is actually kind of where 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 we met. I think I'd just yeah. gone from an environment which I wasn't the happiest person. I think that's one way to put it. And thankfully, as you always do, you found me a great spot in in my next role, and mm. that really kind of changed my perspective on things and actually gave me the freedom to explore some of the other skills and and things I really wanted to learn and and develop, which then led to, to everything down the road. So yeah, I think a lot of it was figuring out what I what I wanted to do, what I actually enjoyed, what I didn't, what was important to me from from a work environment perspective, mm. and honestly keeping an open mind and and building and maintaining a network. I think that was a really important thing. So yeah, that was that was a very very vague run through of, of my career. <laughs> well, so but, we went from working as a producer for a, a while, then going into an editorial role, and then from an editorial role going into communications for genomics england so it's actually a really cool career thread and what i was going to say is you know obviously what, what you were kind of saying which is so apt is you know quite a lot of the time i speak to people and they're saying oh, I, I don't like production but a lot of the time it's it's where they work and it does build you out and give you all these different skill sets that enable you to branch off into different areas more so than i think other roles do i mean what what would you say from your perspective having worked as a producer and gone into different roles what would you say people what what do you think are the biggest misconceptions people have about working in production 
I'm not, sure, I'm not sure people necessarily have misconceptions about working in production unless they're kind of, they've heard horror stories. I think it really comes down to the different environments. Some will really be hammering you on, you know, you need to be on the phone X amount of hours a day and hit your run rates, whereas other environments will be much more focused on just deliver me a completed speaker lineup by this date and we're all good. So I think that's that's where the misconception comes. I think the biggest, so you touched on something interesting there around um, the different skill sets that, that you can develop. And yeah. I think this is really where you, depending how you handle that situation, probably tells you a lot about yourself. Some yeah. people love production and are well suited to it. And they really gravitate to that project manager role. They like to delegate and they like to be in control and, and do their thing. If that's what you love, production is perfect for you. Mm. If, if like me, it's not so much that that gets you excited, but actually doing, I think a lot of reasons why people go into production is they get seduced by this idea of, you know, what events can do and really the magic that they have to really drive change in an industry or a field. If that's yeah. really what's, what's driving you, honestly, production's probably not your best bet because you're going to be limited in what you can actually do. And that's certainly how I felt. So for me, the big win from being involved in production was that it gave me a chance to understand what I was good at, what I was interested in, what I was motivated by, and ultimately an idea of the kind of direction I wanted to head and gave me the ability to do it. So I think for that, really, production, if, you're gonna, if you recognize that in yourself, the best thing you can do is recognize that, yes, there is a great opportunity to learn lots of different skills through production and also in the teams that you work with as a producer i think anyone that has the opportunity to sell on their own event absolutely take it if you've got the opportunity to really feed into the marketing campaign for your event absolutely take it if you've got the opportunity to really sit alongside and ask ops what you can do to help support them and make their life easier it gives you such a good understanding of what goes into not just running an event but actually how how a team works or how a business has to run because you see the interplay between those different functions and you get an appreciation for the different priorities that different people have and what they need from each other and different personalities around it and that that's tremendous because that's useful in in any business setting at all Mm. So I think as a producer, what you learn to do is your your core your core skill set is really research. That's research and genuinely convincing people that you're worth their time and what you're working on is worth their time. And again, those are very attractive qualities. So if you can really take all of that on, mm. you've got an interesting toolkit that you can adapt to lots of things. And hopefully by understanding how sales works, how marketing works, some of those skills involved in those functions, you should be fairly good at selling yourself. So one of the problems is that it's the same, reason, it's the same thing with anyone coming out of university who's done a degree that isn't career specific. Yeah. They're stuck in this position where they're like, okay, I've got a degree. I know I'm an intelligent person. I don't see a job that specifically looks for me. So you've got to be good at thinking, okay, how do I sell my skill set to what someone might be looking for or help them realize that what they're looking for, you're the answer to. It's the same thing with production. A lot of people get trapped into it. And actually, maybe this is a misconception. People feel that once you're in production, the only place to go is, you know, senior producer or research manager or portfolio director. I get that all the time. 
all the time yes. I get people saying I don't you know don't know if I want to stick in this because I can't see where it's going long term I can't see how anything I do I can apply to anything else which is which is kind of crazy in a way yeah it's nuts and to be honest it's one of these things that if if you it's it's a, it's it's tough not to see it the other way mm. because I was I was exactly the same to be honest I wasn't necessarily enjoying you know working in in media that much because I felt like you know I was on the sidelines watching the action happen but I think it goes back to recognizing that you have this incredible opportunity to have a really really amazing vantage point on some of the industries that we operate in so you do suddenly I think it's rather than thinking of yourself as a producer you start to think of yourself as as someone who covers and analyzes a field um, and suddenly opportunities start to pop up because you recognize that there are things that you, when you're on a research call, for example, I think this is something that happened um, quite a few times for me is you're talking to people that are very, very busy, very, very senior, um, are making important decisions every day. And because you're having those conversations with all of their peers, actually, you hold a lot of very important information for them that they're not going to get anywhere else. So suddenly you start to develop your reputation in your field as someone who knows what's going on and is plugged into that ecosystem, how the companies are moving, where their priorities are shifting, where the trends are. That makes you a valuable addition because apart from anything, you know the industry, you know that you have the skills to make things happen in it and you also have a network attached to you. So mm-hmm. for me, it was, I've, I think from about 2014, when I started my, my editorial role, I knew that I wanted to be part of somehow what Genomics England were doing. Mm-hmm. At that time, I didn't really know what that could be because, you know, I just started as, as, as an editor and, and there wasn't really much scope for me to figure out, well, what value can I add? But through, through the years, suddenly I started to recognize that actually I see where they are as a company and I see the insights that I can get from, from talking to all these people around the industry that actually there is something of value here. Um, and certainly looking at what genomics were trying to do at the time and, and what I was doing, there, there was a good overlap in what I could bring in from, from a communication standpoint, specifically looking to communicate and engage with, with industry, which was already the, the audience that I was engaging with through, through, through my work as, as, as an editor. So that kind of made sense. Again, it's just having the wherewithal to understand where the opportunity is and then essentially wait for the opportunity to open up and then grab it and let someone see actually what it is that, that you bring to the table. That's so cool. And what I was also going to say is you, you kind of touched on it a bit there. I mean, obviously you've worked in production and we've talked about some of the skills that you have in production and then you moved into your editorial role and then your communications role. I mean, of all the roles, that, like in your different roles that you've had at different companies building up to where you are now, what what different elements of these different roles enabled you to make this move? Like what what would you say if you could pick out like almost bullet point the things that made a pivotal difference, you know, from your production days to now to get you into this role? I would say there are probably two big things. One is so very, very, very early on in 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 my first job, I recognize the importance for for, for high quality research, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this was something that was drilled into us. Uh, pretty much every producer is that actually research goes into building the agenda. And if you can do great research, that's going to influence 
everything that you do in that campaign. It's going to influence the kind of speakers you go for. It's going to influence how your sales team sell, you know, delegate sales on it or sponsorship sales, how you market it. Everything really builds off off that research. So as, as long as you can get a good handle on that process, it'll it'll pretty much take you anywhere. Yeah. Um, so I think there was that and actually really embracing the the commercial aspect of, of what it is that, that we do as, as producers. You're building a product that fundamentally has to serve a purpose, but you're also trying to sell onto it. So you need to understand the balance between um, what, what you want for the purity of the event and actually what you need to um, make compromises on to make it work for sponsors as well. Mm-hmm. And if you can really come to terms with how that interplay works, again, it's a great thing to, to layer onto it. But I would say 100% research. So looking at where I am now, it's, it's, a lot of it is still those same processes. Um, because, yes, so for me it was going, coming into Genomics England, going through the communications route was, was, a, was the easiest way in for me because it, it made sense. But now that I'm here, I'm working an awful lot with, um, with the commercial team. So it's that same practice that, that you learn through events that actually lends itself quite well to what we're doing here, which is understanding the importance of research, understanding to talk to your market, to help you understand what their needs are, not kind of things that they'd like to have, but what are the things that they need to have and right. what that means for them in terms of the benefit that they'll see back in, in their business. I think that's, again, like you get drilled into the importance of, of understanding the difference between need to have and like to have as, as a producer. Um, so that's, that's been useful. And then just, again, understanding the context of how things work as, as a business. Mm-hmm. So we always get told as producers that, you know, you should think of yourself as running your own little mini business. And that's absolutely right, because you do get nice, interesting kind of touch points on on some of the core functions that, that go into operating any kind of business unit or or company but i think yeah. fundamentally yeah it's 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 good research skills and that's 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 something that is really tough to learn to be honest because i think you either get it or you don't and if you don't it's really tough to unpack some of the subtleties that are involved in that, how to actually hold a conversation with someone, how to build rapport with someone, how to know who to build a relationship with and when and why, what you're providing to them rather than just taking and asking stuff all the time yeah. and making sure that you're putting yourself in a position where they will tell you the things that they won't tell anyone else. Um, yeah. I've seen some producers who are amazing at it and some who are awful. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> It's been an interesting situation now where kind of I'll, I'll get tapped up for either research calls or, or sales calls from, from various people. And the difference between the, the two types is, is like night and day. Some mm-hmm. that engage you actually take the time to listen to what you're saying and ask, ask the simple questions so then they can ask the, the more interesting questions. Is very, very different to someone who's basically either just reading off a script or just trying to tick off the things that they know they need to ask. And it's, a, yeah, it's, it's, it's a horrible when you get one of those because you cannot wait to get off the phone because you know they're, they're not really listening. They're just writing something down to move on to the next stage. Yeah, and I quite like it. Like, I actually, obviously, doing recruitment and salesy stuff, I actually quite like it when people cold call me, but it is, I try and engage with them yeah. <laughs> so I can actually see where it's going to go. And it can be really disappointing sometimes because it, it, like, at least put something into it, you know, like put something of yourself into it. Otherwise, yeah. 
there's no point but it's quite interesting what you're saying because I, I get it a lot at the moment with people saying you know they love the research side but saying oh I don't really get with the commercial side of things but I find that I find that kind of disconnected with production because I think it's so hand in hand yeah. with one another because any content that you produce you know like for example I spoke to someone at renewables the other day and they said oh you know I just want to write really nice things about renewables and I said yeah but if you can't sell it and you can't make it into a product then no one's going to hear about it yeah. and it's not yeah. going to go anywhere so you almost have to you know like building those relationships you have to be able to spot the commercial opportunity behind everything that you're doing because that's really why everyone is at work anyway and even if you work for a not-for-profit that's what people want they want the opportunities yeah i think it's people have a difficulty with with coming to terms with with the commercial aspect i think you hit it right on the head there it's how you rationalize it yes mm. it can be super crude and say like you're just making stuff for people to buy yeah like there's an element to that but also actually what you're doing is making sure that it's of interest to people mm. someone from Time Out came to talk to us um back in i guess in in clarion and they had a really great example of this they said i'm pretty sure it was time out i can't remember anyway the example was was this their editorial staff there were basically writing what they wanted to write and were really into it loved it fantastic and spent a lot of time pouring their hearts and soul into like this really awesome content yeah. yet when they dug into the analytics they found that actually all this stuff that they were sure was like groundbreaking and super interesting and, and you know, Pulitzer Prize winning stuff. No one was reading. No one was reading it. At all. I think it's, it's, it's that same kind of thing with, with production. You can get so lost in your own desire to make something cool that actually you've lost your audience somewhat. Mm. And yeah, actually that's, that's a really important skill to have and a good understanding to have. And that's why you should always kind of work closely with your sales team and understand actually what are what are they hearing from the market as well what do you need to adapt to i think it goes back to what you're saying around you know what are the skill sets that you learn as a, as a producer yeah research is an important one because it influences all of this stuff but actually what you're there to do is as a project manager and i think this is where a weak producer will fall down is that it's not about telling people what to do and making sure that things get done it's about making sure that you deliver what you need to and listening to what the other teams are telling you because they will bring you problems and mm -hmm. you as a project manager, you have to solve them. And that's, yeah. that's where the skill is. And if you can do that, or you can only really do that if you understand what the priorities are and how to balance things out and how to really wrap, let's say your creative vision around the commercial reality of it. And every single time, if you do that well, actually it'll make your vision of what you wanted to do that much better because it's sliced away the things that that really don't matter and just kind of fluff and will really emphasize the really strong points that will really bring out essentially your work and the mark of quality on it because you'll get loads of good delegates there you'll get loads of sponsorship there and people will recognize you as a person behind putting together this really important event. And when you do that, it's the best feeling there is. But you can't do that unless you really listen to, to your marketers, to your delegate sales team, to your sponsorship managers, because mm. they're the ones that will kind of give you that reality check and also feed you stuff that will help you take things to that next level. Awesome. So we've gone through misconceptions people might have how you can apply different skills within production, what 
what are the kind of key elements that have enabled you to move forward? What would you say someone like what would be your 101 guide for someone now who's sitting there going, I don't want to work in production anymore. I want to go somewhere else. Like what what things do they need to be considering right now? Like how how do they even know that it's the right time to go? I think they need to really understand why they feel that way. Whether it's, it's kind of like what we said at the start, is it genuinely an issue of production or do you just hate where you work? And actually you were, you were really instrumental in that for me. Cause I think when I came to you, <laughs> I was, I did not enjoy production at all. And in fact, I went to Lawrence first cause I wanted to be a marketer. And then that, that was, that was a tough sell. And then <laughs> when uh, when we finally talked again, you're like, "Hey, do you know what? It it might be that you were just at a a not fun place to work for you specifically. Let's try yeah. find you somewhere else. Um, and if it if it still doesn't work, then then we'll look at, at 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 another option. And actually, that the role that you found me, I absolutely loved. Like it was it was I could have stayed there forever. Like I really enjoyed it. The yeah. only reason why I left was because suddenly this other opportunity popped up for me. But the reason that opportunity became an opportunity for me was because in, this, in the role that you found me, because the, the working structure was a little bit different, I had time to really think about what made me excited about events. And really that was the analytical side of it and the research side of it. So I became very involved in, um, in writing a lot of the content around my, my events. So be it emails mm-hmm. or working with people in the industry to pull together some really in-depth interviews or webinars or kind of other feature pieces in support of the event. And that, that helped the sales along, which is good. But it also made me realize that this, this is what I love doing more than anything else. So then my next role in editorial was kind of a no-brainer because it was basically take the stuff that you love doing and make that your whole job. And it was fantastic. Yeah. Um, so if someone's sitting there and thinking like, I hate production, in first instances, I'd say, I do hate production and you don't yeah. just hate your, your company. And if it, if it is a case of hating production, try and figure out, okay, there's got to be a reason why you entered production in the first place. I know everyone kind of says, you know, I kind of fell into it, but why? There's got to be something that got you that job, either the background that you've come from or something that you enjoy doing in your time off. And at some level, you must be kind of okay-ish, at least at production. So what are the bits that you enjoy and what are the bits that you're best at? And figure out, okay, well, what, what kind of a career does that translate into? And then kind of take it, take it from there. So for, again, for me, it was easy because it was make it was basically putting together content. Mm. So editorial job was just uh, there. Was, it jumped pretty high in front of me. Let's let's put it that way. Yeah. But if if that's not your bag, and actually you know you're into something else, then then you've got to think about it because it could be the easiest thing to do is to take a, a gradual move away, right? Because then it's yeah. an easier sell because people will see the link and, and value of your skill set and your experience because it translates directly in, into potentially a, a new role. If you make a really lateral step, you've got to be prepared to kind of start all the way at the bottom again, which yeah. is which is a bit demoralizing for people. So I'm kind of thinking about some other people that, that I worked with and, and they've kind of gone off to do various different things. Some jumped into consultancy because they really enjoyed the practical aspects of, of research 
and actually you know that's 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 a good skill that that you learn as um as a producer and again in my first round of thinking i no longer want to be a producer I went in for, um, I guess, a business analyst role at, at a company that clearly didn't hire me. Um, <laughs> but it was, it was an interesting look at, at different things. And again, I remember leaving that first role and looking at some of the contacts that I built and thinking, actually, I quite enjoyed that topic and what that company does. I wonder yeah. if they're hiring. And some were. So I interviewed for some of them. Some, some places were kind of more in line than 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 others but going through that process of interviewing at a bunch of different roles at different organizations doing different kinds of things helped me figure out what i what i liked and what i what i didn't and actually i found that while some of them just flat out rejected me which they were absolutely right to some didn't but going through the interview process made me think oh i i really don't like the sounds of doing this all yeah. day every day as, as a career so again, for me, because I wasn't, I was getting nowhere fast, going back into production kind of helped me reassess the situation a bit and, and helped me kind of define what I wanted to do. So I think it's just f- figure out why you hate what you do and then try find a way that will help you understand what it is that you enjoy doing and then, and then take it from, from there and be proactive about it. Because I think a lot of, this is something that I've noticed a lot with, with um oh, sounds super old now but like the uh-huh. younger generation right so yeah i go back to to ucl a fair amount to do um what they're called career days basically um where people ask about you know i'm finishing university i'm trying to find a job but no one will hire me and you find out that actually a lot of the problem is that people expect someone to hire them like without you having to work for it uh-huh. if you can't demonstrate an actual passion and proactiveness about the job that you're applying for you're you're flat out not going to get it even in 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 the events industry it is every every field is oversaturated so if you're going to put in an application you've got to prove that a you've got the skills to do the job and b you're motivated enough to do it that you're already proactively going after it i know when i was a hiring manager it was the same thing see lots of great candidates but the ones that stood out were the ones that all over their cv with examples of them going out of their way to develop a certain skill or get a certain experience because they knew where they wanted to be and they've armed themselves for that. So in production, you've got a great opportunity to do that, especially if you're in a good environment that gives you the freedom to do it. As soon as you know what it is that you want to do, start building up your body of work that helps to support any job application that you might want to do. And honestly, you know, talk, talk to people like, like you guys that can help people unpack their own tortured feelings about working at events and see that okay this sounds like a bad spot that you're in or actually you're really not well suited to this kind of role let's see what what else is out there so I think a lot of people hold these conversations in and because they've either had a bad experience or or just something's not gelling they they're not great at really thinking pragmatically about what that next step might be yeah absolutely and I think the other thing that I, and you again, kind of touched on this, is I, I certainly get it now. More so than I used to get it is, you know, people maybe not liking elements of the job. Yeah. Um, and that's fine because, you know, for example, I don't like elements of my job. Like it's not, <laughs> you know, everyone, everyone's jobs, there's going to be things that are less preferable to doing other things. Um, but I think there's definitely, everyone's so ambitious and everyone wants to move forward and eliminate those things as quickly as possible. And they're often the things that actually really help you develop and grow 
um, and the things that you need to do actually just as part of being an you know a human that's moving forward and building themselves out but if you quite often we talk about it in the industry at the moment that people are trying to jump too quickly and I yep. quite often get people saying look I want to go client side or I want to um you know like just change out of production what would you say having worked in production would be the ideal amount of time I mean I know it doesn't always work like this but what are the key milestones to show that you would be ready to maybe move take a move outside of industry so for example you know would it be two to four years like what what skills would would you say were absolutely sort of key milestones for producers to get before even considering an external move I think it depends on what kind of external move you want to make, um, which is probably the, the most annoying answer I can give to this. <laughs> I think if you, if you know 100% that production isn't for you and you can't stand it, chances are you're going to be very early on in your production career anyway, in which yeah. case just cut your losses as soon as you can and, and, and find something else. Because otherwise, the longer you spend in something, the harder it is to to kind of move to where you want to be if you're not going to be committed enough to kind of show the success that you need to. If you're looking to move into something that is kind of tangents off production somehow, you can make a natural link to talk, talk to people who are already doing the kind of job you want to be doing and keep that conversation live. And they will tell you what they need to see from you because mm. you, and then you just you go about building your, your experience off of that. I was I was pretty lucky in that I had a, a a pretty packed out CV behind me when when I decided to move out of out of media, um, but without that, it possibly would it probably would have been a little bit tougher. I think with, in my situation, it was also a massive case of being in the right place at the right time. I think that's probably the key more than yeah. spending X amount of time in a role is if you know you want to leave, is actually put yourself to be in the right place in the right time. So I think maybe maybe the answer then isn't so much about production, but more about kind of the events that, that you're working in. Because mm. it could be that, like, again, for me, my big thing was I, I enjoy working in and around life sciences, particularly around genetics. So let's say if I was going back in time, what I, what I did and would still do now is as I, you know, bring speakers in or sponsors come in and build those relationships and go to, to events and go through, you know, networking drinks and that kind of stuff, talk to people and kind of take your production hat off for a bit and just talk to people as people and say, Hey, you know, how, how did you get to where, where you are? What is it they actually do in your job? You know, what does it look like? You know, and be open say like, you know, I'm, I really enjoy the field. And I'd love to get more involved in it. Do you have any advice? And ask people. And then slowly you'll start to see potential routes for yourself and you'll get an idea of what's out there and things that, that, that might appeal to you. But I think mm. for that to work, you need to be covering a topic area that, that really speaks to you. Because then when you do have those conversations, you're coming from a very genuine place and you can actually demonstrate to people that I'm, I'm serious about this field. I can contribute to it and I want to contribute to it. I'm just trying to figure out the best way to do that. And people will help you. Mm. But if you're stuck working in a field that you absolutely hate and you're doing a production job that you absolutely hate, then realistically, the only people that are going to listen are in kind of related professional fields like you know for me you know going from production into editorial it's because that skill set makes sense within that other vertical um 
so I think those those are the things to think about more than trying to you know do your time in a in a specific role. It's just put yourself in a situation where you're going to have the opportunities to move on and yeah. understand what what they are. And if they absolutely aren't there, make a move that makes sense for you, or start to get an idea of where else you could be doing a similar kind of thing, but with a different different twist that might get you closer to what you want to do or at least help you figure out what it is that you enjoy and, and, and what you don't because I think with production there's certain bits that people absolutely hate and it's uh, never the same for for everyone so if you can start to figure out how to carve some of those elements off it's it's a good place to to start and actually honestly working in something like like comms is is actually a really good shout um especially if you don't necessarily love the commercial side of things or, you know, you're, you're stressed out with, you know, speaker acquisition and you actually just love covering a field and want to talk to people about it, go for it. But for that, you need to demonstrate that you can actually write, that you can produce good, good comms. So as a product, as a producer, it means you've got to really figure out a way to contribute to, you know, your website build, your marketing campaigns, that kind of stuff, um, which, which you get, um, but you really need to chase after it. Um, so yeah, I think that's that's probably my my take on things, which again isn't massively helpful. Um, but I think that's that's the way of the world, sadly. No, I think I think what you're saying is right though, because it's it's not just any one thing. Because you could have someone who's maybe not been in a role that long, but is so so good at what they do, like an absolutely amazing producer. And you you know, it's not just about sort of steady eddying, and you know, obviously. I do recruitment, I help people find new jobs and I'm really passionate about finding people new jobs, but kind of, I think it's more about adding value. I think that's kind of what you're driving at there because it's, it's you know, whether you're staying in, you know, you like production, you're staying within that industry or moving to another industry. It's about thinking a, a bit more strategically about what you're doing, thinking about how what you're doing can add value. Like if you've only been working in production nine months and want to make a drastic change, that's fine. But are you in the position to do that and do you have the right skill set or is it worth moving into another role either production or outside of production and, and what's that role going to give you so it's more kind of about figuring out you know even if you don't know what direction you want to go in it, it's that kind of any road will get you there but at least build out your skill sets and add value and you know a lot of the time companies you know they don't and I'd certainly see it now they they don't pay for okay you've done a bit of production they want you know, a depth of experience. They want to see the, you know, with any role. So, for example, someone who's maybe done, you know, a decent amount of time in a in a production role, for instance, will have more bad things happen in that role, more things fall apart, more situations established, more excellent things happen. They've got more of a wealth of experience. So I think it's kind of a combination of knowing when it's time to go, but also making sure that every time you take a role, it's building you out a bit more and giving you something to add to your toolkit that you wouldn't get if you're not there for very long, if that makes any sense. I think that's a really good way to think about it and a really important way to contextualize things. Mm. So for me, as I've, as I've gotten older and, and gone through my career, I'll always kind of take stock and think, all right, if I were to leave right now, what would my CV look like in the past, you know, six months or whatever, what is it that I can point to that I've done? And if, if I can point to things and be like, yeah, this is, yeah, I can, I can tangibly demonstrate that I've done, I've been a success and contributed and added value in my role. That's, that's a good place to be in. If I can't, then that's, that's a problem for me. I've got to think, oh, 
adding value at the moment? Why can I not demonstrate that I'm adding value? And then it's then, you know, the question opens up into, all right, am I in the wrong place? Or is there something that I'm not doing? Do I need more focus? Is there something else I could be doing in my current role? And then then take it on from there. So I think some of those practical ways to to objectively look at oneself and, and one's performance are, are quite useful in this. Because if you can't demonstrate value to yourself, there's no way you're going to, be able to demonstrate it to, to a hiring manager. Mm. Well, essentially to feature-proof yourself. I mean, if you, I hear about people being worried about being stuck in production or being sort of stagnating somewhere in production. If you're kind of adding value, taking roles not based on title or salary, I mean, obviously those things are nice and important and stuff, but actually looking at, okay, am I going to get more exposure to more, senior stakeholders am I going to work to longer cycles are the events going to be bigger are you know what am I building myself out to make me more valuable and sort of value value I mean those are the kind of things that will future proof because whether you stay in production or you leverage that to go outside at least you've got more depth of something to take with you and I guess I guess that's kind of it like if you're looking to look at a life beyond production it's about looking at everything that you've done looking about how you can leverage it and making yourself almost like a product like your event essentially like looking at you know the things that are good about you that are going to make people interested um and finding that kind of unique selling point for yourself yeah i think that's a really good way to look at it i think it's, it's it goes back to what saying at the start you need to learn how to sell yourself i think that goes back into knowing what it is it that that is sellable about yourself I think my perspective on a lot of this change when when i started to hire people in, into my team and became keenly aware on what would get a cover letter read, what would make me ask someone in for an interview, and ultimately what would make me want to hire someone. That's stuff that ever since I've, I've kind of taken on board as well and make sure that I tick all those boxes for, for myself. But yeah, I think with, with anything, like the more, the more time you spend someone, the more experience you'll have. It's just when those experiences just keep giving you the same and same and same that you have a problem. So I think if you can get a breadth of experience, that's, that's always useful. And honestly, like going back to, I keep saying, like having that, that second production role that, that, that you found me, that was, that was enormously helpful because it, did, mm. it gave me a different experience. And as, as we've already, well, I say we, as I've already prattled on at length, it, it <laughs> helped me understand what, what I really wanted to be doing. Okay, so to kind of round things up then, if people are looking to take that plunge, they made the decision whether whether they like production and their experience and they're looking at how to upskill or they hate production and they're wanting to get out of industry. What would your top five survival tips be for someone looking to conquer a new industry effectively and quickly? Like what have you found when you've moved industry that's been really important and what do people need to be aware of to survive and thrive in their new job? Actually, one of the important things as well as getting a breadth of experience is to actually demonstrate that you can tough something out as well and it's not so much demonstrating it to someone else but demonstrating it to yourself because if you can work your way through a tough situation and turn it around that gives you a lot of drive and determination for when you really really need it whereas Mm. if you come up against a problem and your immediate response is i don't like this i'm going to quit that's going to fall back every time and it's going to seriously limit your career so if you do find yourself you know as an early career producer and you're having a tough time stick stick with it for a bit honestly and figure figure a way to stick with it and then you'll be in a much much stronger position to to move out into into 
well, move out of the conference industry in, into something else, which neatly brings us to, to your question on, on some, some top tips. Actually, what, what's helped me massively is not forgetting the basics. So understanding where my, where my strengths are, but not being tied to them, if you get what I mean. So being confident in what I can bring to the table, um, but not, not forcing it on people, because I think you need to be very aware that you can be wrong. As much as you think you know everything about everything, there's always going to be someone smarter in the room. So take your time and be humble and be honest about you know what you don't know and work ease your way in somewhere. So f- for me, I'll, I'll rarely go in somewhere kind of all guns blazing and, and try and revolutionize the world. For me, the first few months in, in my role here at Genomics England, we honestly spent understanding the organization and listening and trying to get my head around what it is that we were doing in the new environment, how internally things work, externally, how, how we need to be perceived and, and how we maintain the relationships there. So it's learning to, to crawl before you can walk, before you can run. That's, yeah. that's a really key thing. And then once you've done that, is then you can start to really unpick where, where some of the inefficiencies might be or where actually you can really start to add major value. And hopefully by that point, because you've done such a good job in, in assimilating and understanding our environment and, and sl- slowly contributing, people will take you a little bit more, more seriously. I think that's, that's, that's the big thing. And it, it sounds silly, but actually just, just coming with, with common sense, coming with humility, that's, that's a really, really important thing. And actually, and it goes back to what I was saying just before, just show some grit as well. I think any, any job that you take, if it's worth doing, it is going to be hard. Yeah. So if you can demonstrate that, you know, no matter what anyone throws at you, you'll take it on, you'll do it, and you'll do it well you start to build up a lot of trust and, and a, lot of, a lot of credit. And actually, you'll start to build up your own confidence in that. So I think those, those are the key things. And then the other one is, I think specifically if you're earlier on in your career, you're always going to get imposter syndrome, this feeling that you know, you've almost fluked your way somewhere and you don't really know what you're doing and you're going to get found out. Absolutely everyone feels the same way at some point. And I think it's just understanding that and again, just slowing things down for yourself to give yourself a chance to really get your head around where you are and, and what you should be doing. Otherwise, you'll get eaten alive. But yeah, t- top thing, just don't be, don't be arrogant about things. Just take your time and, and learn from, from, from everyone, regardless of whether they're older than you, younger than you, more senior than you, more junior to you. Just be a sponge, be proactive, don't complain and um yeah just like exactly like you said figure out where where you can add value because i think a lot of the time when people jump out of out of the events industry into something else they'll go into like the 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 closest proximity where their skill set kind of makes sense but they that may not be necessarily where you add the most value so i think it's once you're in don't don't stop being alive to opportunities, but be alive to them within the organization or field that you might be working in and start to figure out how do you get to the, the position where you can where you can add more value and really f- flourish as, as as an individual. So yeah, I think that's that's probably how how I'd approach that one. Perfect. Well Carl, thank you so much. Been so, so awesome talking to you about this. And um yeah, we need to catch up soon. Talking events is brought to you by Castleton Clark. 
a business-to-business events recruitment agency. Agree? Disagree? Or have something to add? We would love to hear from you. Please email any comments to charlie at castletonclub.co.uk. Subscribe to Talking Events now and never miss an episode.